0: Bum-ba-da-da, intro music, intro music, bump, ba da da beta, beta, hello, what's up? It's the, I think, fourth episode now of the WSB Traffic Podcast here on WSBRadio.com. I'm Doug Fireball-Turnbull. I'm Smiler Mark McKay. Hey,
1: Doug, we don't have a budget that big for music.
0: Oh, no, no. We we no. we spend it all on food, I guess. That's what <laughs> happened here. And Smiling, before we dive into the traffic issues, we got a special guest. So, for those that aren't in the radio industry... We talk about different classes of listeners, and I don't mean any controversial type of class. I mean people that listen a lot, all the way down to people who don't listen at all. And the people that listen a lot are what we call our P ones. Right. And we had somebody I think that pretty much classifies a P one in our last podcast. Yeah. And then this guy I think is like a P one 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 like
1: something over even
0: yeah, over the top plus plus plus. And we listener, it. and he listens to us all the way down from Macon. Let's give it up, folks. Let's give a warm applause here for Christopher Leshot Maddox joining us here on the yeah! Traffic Podcast today. Chris is a broadcaster in his own right. He covers something that affects traffic a lot, and that's the weather. So, Chris, talk to us a little bit about your interests and what brings you down here to SB today.
2: Well, first of all, I'd like to say for you and, and the smiling Mark and uh, everybody here at WSB, thank you guys for having me. And I like covering the weather because – it has. It does have a lot of effect on how you plan your commute, how you dress, and that's my job is to, you know, plan your day to make sure you are going to be safe and sound if you're going to have to drive through rain and
1: storms, or if you're going to drive on a nice sunny morning commute. That's yeah. that's what our bosses have told us, and then we've imparted with our listeners the weather and traffic advantage, yeah. and we we see that. In the morning, but now in the summertime, we're seeing in the afternoons, especially with those pop-up thunder showers, you just never know when's gonna, when one is going to rain on your ride home.
2: No, you don't, and and, it, and that's why it's important that you stay tuned to radio for you know to make sure that you are going to be safe and sound because you don't know what's really going to happen. So you
0: just stay tuned. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> that's a great <laughs> thing to say. And so let's talk about that unpredictable nature of the weather. Here's the one thing we can predict. It seems like every afternoon no matter what's going on in the morning there is somewhere barring any kind of front coming through or a tropical storm like we have Colin that's down in the gulf today right. we have like i would say what 20 to 50% chance that there's going to be some rain somewhere within the general area you might be going if you see those clouds start bubbling up in the sky around lunchtime is that is that a i know i know that's not very much but i mean that it seems like a pretty accurate thing to say and I mean, Chris, how tough is it as a meteorologist when you set forth, you make your forecast for the day, and then in the afternoon you just are kind of rolling the dice, right?
2: Yeah, it's kind of tough, but everybody needs to know, and this happens across north and middle Georgia a lot of times, that this is the time of year where the thunderstorm forecast could uh, accelerate at the last minute. So this is why everybody needs to be, you know, just be weather aware because you may be outside mowing the grass, or you may be on a commute somewhere, and then all of a sudden the weather's looking good, and all of a sudden, at about two o'clock in the afternoon, boom! Right, at the radar is lighting up all across the area. So uh, you just this is the kind, of, this is the time of year you just don't know. I mean, the weather may be unpredictable, but WSB has a team that will that knows how to. Track these storms town by town, minute by minute, and just like I do down there in Macon.
1: Kirk Mellish all over in the Weather Center. And oh, yeah. I guess you guys, we, we as uh, as folks who aren't as smart as meteorologists, and I've always said meteorologists are the smartest guys and gals in the room that I'm yeah. usually in, especially in There's this scientist, building. They're the scientists, right? Yeah. Right, exactly. That we can appreciate the fact that a summertime cold front or cool front comes through, makes your forecasting a whole lot easier, and then we as uh, mere mortals can enjoy the benefits of running around with the sunroof open and not have to work with the air conditioning.
2: Right, absolutely. So.
1: So here's what's to
0: me just kind of flummoxes me, I guess. About there's a word, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, is here's what kind of gets me aside is you don't know from afternoon to afternoon what to expect. We know when we look at a five day forecast and there's a cold front coming through on Thursday or a warm front. Okay, it's probably gonna we're gonna, probably gonna be rained out PM drive, and with smiling of minds jobs in particular of is, are we are we gonna have to go to the airport and even get in the helicopter or not this afternoon? We just don't know, it. so we have to come with our game face on each afternoon because what starts out as a sunny day that's partly cloudy suddenly popcorns into some big storms. Yeah, and. And we know what this does to the ride around town. Atlanta traffic, any I think a lot of traffic, but especially in Atlanta, is just add water. Rain yes. plus roads equals wrecks. It's yes. crazy. And so folks need to be prepared for what's around the bend. Especially when you have
2: slow-moving type thunderstorms. These are the ones that could cause uh, some uh, problems with ponding on the roadways and, of course, with all the intense cloud-to-ground lightning you got going on. And the slower the storm moves, it, 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 the chances of structures getting struck by lightning go up. And that's uh, that, that's my main concern all summer long. So that's going to be my main concern, the structures getting struck by lightning. So. Uh, j- just be weather aware across northern middle Georgia, and I know everybody listens to this great station, including myself, because uh, you know I'm a big fan of this radio station. And I listen to it more than I listen to anything else. So, That's great yeah. to hear.
1: And and, and <laughs> let's uh, and speaking of concern, don't be concerned that they put the decision for us to fly in the hands of your uh, trusty reporters. Now that goes into the uh, the uh, the forecasting, and they the pilots are forecasters. They watch the weather, they see what's going on. Yes. The pilots are the one that make the decision whether we lift off that pad or not.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And here's the thing is what's great about it, too, with the airborne advantage. So we've got WSB storm tracker radar, but when we're up in the skycopter, we're up in the air. If it's scattered storms, if it's not a big swath of rain coming in, yeah. we know where the storms are. We can look and be like, yeah, look over toward the King and Queen building, toward 400 and 285. There's a cell. Right there, and it's usually pretty right, and so we can navigate around that. But it's certainly a little scary when it starts popping up everywhere, and you you know you need a direct line back to Peachtree Cab right. Airport to try to get yeah. back on the ground. <laughs> uh, I'll tell a story when I was in the helicopter, uh, not the helicopter, the sky plane. Yeah, we used to fly with a, an additional aircraft, a Cessna airplane. They had that it's we have expert pilots of the helicopter, but in the sky plane, we have student pilots. Yeah. And there was one afternoon that these storms started popping up. I'm listening to the warnings on WSU radio, just like everybody else. And I'm kind of saying to the pilot, hey, man, it's it's getting rough, you know, and I'm telling the places. And then where you have to fly and, you know, we fly what's called cross country between two interstates. And so we were going to try to go from 85 over to 400. And the guy goes, he was going to try to fly me right through the middle of the storm. Hmm. Now, oh if there's any kind of lightning, we could sometimes, you know, if it's rain, we could fly in it as long as you can see. But if there's lightning, it's a no-go. Yes, and this sir. this dude was about to fly me right through the middle of the storm. And <laughs> and so he goes, yeah, man, I think we can make it. And he starts going. I'm like, dude, no. And I told him, I finally was like, stop. I do not care what 400 looks like. I want to get home, okay? And so <laughs> it, it, it can be a little dicey up there. But, again, this is such an unpredictable time of year. First off, you got the storms. You've got summertime road work on the weekends, especially, that just cooks the interstates. And then you've got a lot of people that aren't used to being in Atlanta. They're coming in and visiting Grandma, or they're going away from town. It really, you mix those all together, and there are a lot of variables. It is ultra-importance.
1: We never let our guard down anymore. Yeah. Never. As we're finding out now, school's been out uh, for a week now, and if you're listening to us further in the summer, you know you can't count on the fact that just because the yellow buses, buses aren't out there running or the kids are not at the school uh, bus stops that uh, you're going to have a uh, an easier commute in or out of work. I mean, you just cannot say summertime patterns have changed drastically there is a slight difference we see a little bit of a difference in the the volume but uh boy it's it's not been that way recently
2: yeah wow
1: no, no it certainly has not and in the afternoons, it's definitely
0: not. And in the mornings, it seems like like today, for instance, we had a little bit of a break on I-20 for the most part and from the southern suburbs. But 285 downtown, the big three that arrived from the northern suburbs, they were junk. They were the same. I didn't see any difference except that maybe they started some of them improving a little bit earlier, but there was still a big push. It's just not the same anymore. We've got so many people out there, it's so little place to go. So don't plan. Maybe the area you get the most relief is around when school gets in and out around the actual school districts, around the school zones, because you don't have a bunch of carpool moms, you know, backed up onto the roadway on Henderson Mill Road near Midvale.
2: Well, let me just say okay. this, too, uh, <laughs> Fireball. Let me just say this, too. Yeah. Down around the Macon area where I live, well, traffic is not really, you know, bad in the afternoon or in the morning unless something major happens. But, I mean, when you got uh, rain going on in the storms, but people usually kind of plan ahead to, you know, make sure they're getting the way they're going to they allow themselves some extra time to get the way they're going. So, I mean, it's not too heavy and not too harsh, but, you know, I was added to the WSB Traffic uh, Trooper Facebook page. I think it was you or Mark who added me, uh, but either a or somebody added Wait, one me. one of us is responsible yeah. for that. Okay, but that which yeah. is great because <laughs> if something major happens down there, then I'm going to go on there and post about it so y'all would know about it as well. So y'all get well, there.
0: I'm glad you be that Traffic Troopers group up. For any of our Traffic Troopers that are listening, we certainly want y'all to do that. I will say, though, the number one way to get in touch with us is not there. We're not always looking at that in real time, you know, because it's it's on Facebook. It's we We're looking at a million other things. So the best way to get in touch with us is use that button that's on the WSU radio app yep. or save our number in your phone and call us up just like you did when you called us the other day, Chris. So that's yeah. really the way I prefer to get the information is up front. So then we can ask questions because although our traffic troopers are smart, some people don't always know where they are on the roads. So we want to have that conversation with you and you know, try to try to build up something there. Oh, so, yeah, that way y'all can look it up on the WSB Jam Cam. Uh, that's correct, yeah, and I want to make sure I tell them the correct direction on 285. So we talked we talked about transportation patterns here, and th- this whole MARTA deal is just so complicated, right? We've talked about this on the WSB traffic shows in the past. What Where should we go with mass transit? First off, Chris, you're a Macon. What kind of do, do they have a bus system there? Do yeah, what kind of? I imagine. Uh, a, and yes. by the way, c- folks, Chris is blind. Okay? So, Chris, we let him in here. Chris is very much into SB and very much into all the ways we are digitally and everything. But Chris can't see. So, I imagine it's a real challenge for you to get around without some kind of public transit, yes, right? Yes,
2: it is. And you have uh, paratransit down there. And, of course, you had the city buses. And the way paratransit works, you call them a day ahead and tell them where you want to go. And, of course, I like the fares the way they have it, you know, two fifty there, two fifty back. Not a great deal. Yeah, yeah that's not, and, not uh, at all. And by MARTA, it's, a, it's kind of $4 there and $4 back on, on the uh, MARTA mobility bus. And, of course, we not too long ago got Uber down there as well. So, uh, I mean, you have a transportation to get where you want to go, and Uber is cheap too also. So, uh, for all the blind listeners, if you want to get out, no excuse, do something with yourself. Don't sit there worried about it. Get out and do, enjoy yourself. I mean, there's always <laughs> something to to enjoy, you, you know, out there. So, I mean, whether you're at the park or whether you want to go out of town, hey, take the, take it the best way you can. Get out there.
1: I think there are a lot of commuters here in Metro Atlanta that sit in that traffic every morning and av- every afternoon that wish they had an option of mass yeah. transit. Uh, like cities like uh, Chicago or I'm thinking San Francisco or New York, where DC, you've got New commuter York. trains that work their way uh, across the countryside and uh, work their way into the suburban cities and then work their way into downtown and, and back out again. Um, you know, we, we keep adding lanes. We keep adding express lanes. There's a there's a bit of uh, relief found in those you pay for what you get, so if exactly. you're willing to pay for those express lanes, yeah. then you can get in that uh, that service. But you know, we haven't uh, we haven't been there for a number of layered reasons why Metro Atlanta has not had a sus- a sustained and a, sus- a consistent drive for public transportation into the uh, burbs.
0: Uh, and MARTA has a really bold plan to yeah. try to get about, I think it's about eight billion dollars together to expansively add to their lines all through inside the perimeter, and then even go up further into North Fulton and yeah. It seemed like in the state legislature, the all the ITP folks were okay with that. They were trying to build a Clifton corridor and so forth. But then, then the North Fulton cities really kind of balked at MARTA expanding. So I think some areas are adding that penny sales tax to add to MARTA and then so forth. Not so. We got a question at Ladies Who Law tweeted at me when I said, "Hey, give me give me some feedback. What should we talk about today on the Atlanta Traffic Podcast?" And she said, "Well, why why won't Atlanta invest in a London Tube system?" Well, if anybody's been to London or familiar with it, that tube system, there are more train routes there probably than there are bus routes here, just to show how detailed their system is. It was probably built – I was talking about this with my dad the other day. He's from London. They built that about 100 years ago when labor was cheap – before unions, and I'm not saying either way about unions, I'm just saying that's how it was. You probably paid somebody, like, give them a sandwich and they'll work for 10 hours, you know. <laughs> <It was laughs> something like that. that's how it was back then, all right? Yeah. You know, it, it was a totally different time, and in Atlanta, you know, if we have built so much infrastructure, how would you tunnel under it and create a tube system? They've made an attempt, and some people, I think a lot of people argue, a pathetic attempt at the streetcar because that that's under fire right now, and the DOT yeah. is even saying... If it doesn't shape up, that needs to get suspended. And that took, what, a billion dollars just to do that little line? Yeah.
1: But you're well, right about the history. Look at New York. I mean, that, that subway system, which is very efficient, uh, very complete, was built in the uh, you know, 1800s, early, early 1900s, and it's been around a long time. And they've been adding to that. Now, we can say MARTA has had a slow expansion because of politics, because of whatever. I mean, our version pales in comparison. But if we can just get more into more places, and it doesn't—it doesn't have to go underground. We've seen these, uh, you know, above oh, ground, sure. so it doesn't have to. But we just need to find more ways for us to go northwest. We need more ways to go further northeast, yeah. east west. I mean, and, and up for Hondo so too. Areas.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so that, that there's a big obstacle with how much money it costs. It costs roughly a billion dollars a mile to add the heavy rail, the the subways, if you will, or it's not all, all subway, and. You have to have demand to meet that. And a lot of people with the nature of things, and I'm not saying this is wrong, with the nature of things is people do not want to raise taxes. They do not trust government right now. and We can see in this election there's a heavy distrust of government on both sides of the aisle in in many respects. So that's where MARTA is stalling out. And here's another fact, too, because I have gone to London, to New York. I've been to D.C., uh, to Rome. They have a great public transit system. There's still bad traffic in right. these cities. All right, it doesn't eliminate. You it. can spend we could literally spend 10 billion dollars making a minor expansion of MARTA trains. Right. And you we would still have bad traffic. There'd be people that still don't trust it enough and there's still just that many people. So we could. I, I love the commuter train next to the interstate idea. That is so expensive, and you're still going to have the interstates packed. So this is almost something to try to make traffic less bad in the future if Atlanta keeps growing. That's and,
1: and if I'm, I'm in Central London, they may even have a system where. It's an odd-even type of system where they only allow odd-even, you know, on the back of the plates to get into de- to central London on certain. Yeah, they days. have something, I think I've yeah. Heard that. No, they do. So think they do. Think about that. Even with a tube as extensive as the London Tube, they're still limiting traffic. They limit traffic.
0: traffic. You're absolutely. It's something to do with your license plate. Right. Yeah, I I remember that, Ned. I was there two years ago. So yeah. and we were not driving. My goodness, no, no, we were not driving. So, so that <laughs> that's kind of the MARTA discussion there. That's a great question, ladies who law. And I think there's you really, if you ask most people, it's like 50-50 whether they want more MARTA Mark Aram wrote in his Gridlock Guy column about how he just didn't see how the MARTA expansion for what was being talked about would be even worth trying to go down that road, and that's understandable. And that's and he's someone who's very progressive minded, I think, in transportation. Now we got uh, a couple more questions. We're going to do a little rapid fire. Rapid fire. <laughs> yeah, there you go. see, Chris has got it. Okay, <laughs> we'll do those cave. a little bit later. But, but smiling <laughs> out, off of the MARTA thing, need to talk about something I saw in the helicopter this morning. Smiling, you've had all the fun lately in the helicopter, seeing all the crazy stuff. And in the afternoons, mm. I mean, we've when we've been able to fly because of the storms that Chris has been dialing up over here, you know, yeah. I, it, it, we just, <laughs> we've just just seen a bunch of slow traffic. That's been about it. But this morning at about 545 or so, a MARTA bus was trying to negotiate, as you so eloquently put, Smiling, when you're filling it for Scott Slade, uh, trying to negotiate the 285 <coughs> eastbound ramp to Buford Highway. And I'm going to tell you, it didn't even make the turn. It's almost like it went straight. It just went straight into the woods and then tried to correct. It just broadsided a tree. It never did overturn like somebody thought, but it was so damaged it looked like it flipped over. And so they had most of that ramp and at times all of it blocked until about eight A. M. or so. And Distracted driving. I, what is going uh, too on there? Fast yeah, for speed. This this yeah. wasn't where they got cut off, and it was right. you know someone didn't run him into the ditch. He just didn't see what was going on. But we were over that, and so they had a wrecker in the, in the apex of the turn of this. It's a hard right turn. This ramp, trying to stabilize it. They had another wrecker on the other side in the woods, trying to pull it out. And it it took for darn ever to try to get that thing going again. But. That's not the. That's not what Marta needs right now. when they're trying to no. <laughs> do this expansion and everything like that. Now, so I saw that. That was just and it was something that it had minimal traffic delays going against the normal flow of traffic. It was eastbound, but Smiling, you have seen some banana stuff here the last couple weeks, It Seems like every morning you've got something.
1: And it came after. Uh, it came after the break we had from Memorial Day. Summer break. Yeah. Right? Well, <laughs> and, and you know, I, I think even in the six o'clock hour or even before. Uh, when it hit the fan, uh, I was always mentioning about the uh, the fact that we uh, were following a lighter than normal, and then all of a sudden, you know, as Scott Scott Slade uh, in his wisdom puts out in, in Twitter, saying, you know, all all clear now, but you know, the, the rush hour is young, and that's the yeah. way you need to think about it because. Yeah. The one issue that we had going toward where you live down south, Chris, was a uh, word of a tractor trailer that overturned and caught fire. We got the word of that, and, and picture this in terms of where we were, we were over downtown Atlanta at the Grady Curve. Yeah. And Mark Aram immediately gets on the two way direct to Stockbridge. <laughs> yes. So when wow. I when I hear that, I'm I'm getting I'm getting the alert uh, in my ear with that. Then I look at my smartphone, and then we literally turn from a northwest a north heading to a south heading, and we can see from downtown Atlanta thick black smoke all the way down there. So you knew it wasn't. Wow. It was was ugly. We got clearance from uh, the controllers at Hartsfield Jackson who are very, very busy, but very accommodating to us, and we thank them every time we go up and over the airport to get down to I-75 in Henry County. And when we got there, Chris, and everyone else listening, what I saw, and we posted it on uh, on social media, was pretty incredible. It was just after 7 o'clock. Firefighters had gotten there, but fully involved tractor-trailer blocking both lanes of a major interstate at 7 yeah. o'clock on a Tuesday morning after a three-day weekend. I mean, it was just incredible the way that we... We we came over that and just saw the traffic stopped in both directions and that was just flaming in the middle and unfortunately it was uh, a fatality crash where the driver didn't make it out. Um, that was just one of a, a number of issues involving big rigs and, the week after Memorial Day. And that one yeah. stayed out
0: by the way until I think the middle or late in the day. day I think took one Drive right. But yeah. where it
1: hit, where the where the guy hit though was. Um, it was from one side of the roadway to the other. The, the express lane construction project has most of the left side of each uh, north and southbound lanes uh, taken up. They haven't opened yeah. those lanes yet. South Metro so express lanes project. <laughs> that, they had most of the uh, the express lane construction area uh, blocked up there, which allowed the travel lanes to get through. But, of course, the, the spectator delay made, the, uh, made those delays linger late into the late morning and midday uh, going into and coming out of Henry County that particular morning.
0: And so I was thinking about this. I went to the Georgia Truck Driving Championships back in early May, which is a great event that the Georgia uh Trucking oh gosh, uh, Georgia Truck Drivers Association puts together, GTDA. And what they do is they send these tractor trailers through these this course and Based on how well you make the turns, the closer you get to the cones without hitting them, the more points you get. That's essentially what it is, and it's like an obstacle course, essentially, or something like that. And that's what they do is they have that to give the truck drivers, you know, pride and you know, competition, but also to promote safe driving. It's all about safe driving. A lot of people complained about truckers, and of course, there's bad apples, just like there's bad apples of b- bad traffic reporters, bad cops, bad everybody. But for overall, the trucking industry really tries to promote safety. And one thing I actually said. On the loudspeaker, air is I just want to commend y'all doing a great job, and commend the DOT as well because we hadn't seen any trucks flipping over on the two eighty five south ramps to I twenty or the seventy five south ramps to two eighty five this year. I I couldn't think of one. I knew there'd been, and then smiling. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, about two weeks the th- later,
1: th- or the, common, weeks later. The, the common thread here, Chris, that uh, Doug was off. Yeah. <laughs> See, yes. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I took. Yeah. I took
0: off uh, last week, couple days. You know, made, made a three-day weekend to a five-day weekend. And in the <laughs>
1: afternoon, we're taking off on a rather – and it wasn't a routine because we had a mm-hmm. uh, we had a tractor-trailer involved in a crash at the start of that, uh, and I believe it was Tuesday afternoon. After the morning rush, we had the uh, tractor-trailer in Henry County that uh, burst into the flames. Then we had a tractor-trailer incident inbound from uh, through Jackson County causing big delays out of Commerce. Oh, that's, that's terrible. How we started it's that only afternoon. two lanes up there, yeah. And then we uh, we take off at our normal 445 spot, and as soon as I uh, – as soon as I look down, you know we go. We have to go direct to the east side perimeter. Tractor trailer carrying thousands of pounds of liquid plastic. My favorite yeah. kind. at the end of the ramp from two eighty five south to like 20 <laughs> that I twenty east. I one ramp that Doug was commending the driver. I was, for no yeah. yeah, and, and I am guessing smiling for what it looked like. Somebody just um, missed their mark, huh? Wow, is that what? <laughs> I you know uh, the driver was actually quoted the next day. He was you know when it, when it started going. He said, well. There was a lot of social media talk in terms of uh, shifting loads. Uh, That's what he said. The load shifted, and uh, he went over. Then, of course, there would be the cynical ones who were commenting on social media. If his speed was down, maybe the load wouldn't have shifted, and blah, blah, blah. I'm I'm not going to presume what the driver was doing, except for the fact that he he went for the ride of his life as that tractor trailer went over. For any
0: truckers that may be listening to us here, that is the toughest ramp in Atlanta. Well, one of the toughest. I mean, the probably the toughest one. No trucks are allowed on seventy five south onto eighty five north it's in the Brooklyn of Interchange. But if you're talking about two eighty five, which is full of trucks, that two eighty five south ramp to twenty east. We used to see them go over all the time. DOT has put more signs out there. I think done some striping on the road to really say like, yo, you know, like yeah. there's a ramp here. And uh, and really, it was the same situation. I think like with the smarta bus this morning, they just couldn't
1: figure it out. Yeah, DOT and, has been very proactive. I mean, didn't they do a study out there? It was a very uh, scientific study as to even the dynamics of that ramp and what can be done to alert the drivers that are coming south on I-285 on that interloop to uh, be forewarned that there is a big turn ahead of them. And uh, I don't know, uh, Doug, uh, last year we, we had a whole lot more that went over than uh, we've seen at the beginning of this year. But uh, that's why we do what we do, Chris. It's always exciting, never yeah, boring.
0: it is. It's, no, it's always exciting. That's uh, certainly true there. So we got another couple of questions here into the, not inbox, but to our little Facebook thread we just put up. We were doing a podcast. One driver, this is so interesting since we're talking about big trucks. I've never thought of this. This is why we want people to comment. Said It's Jack Wheeler, who's big listener of ours, said, as a motorcycle rider, why does dot not require logging trucks to cover their loads? Trucks hauling gravel send other items that are required, uh, tr- excuse me. Trucks that haul gravel, sand, and other items are required to cover their loads. If you've ever been behind a logging truck with a load of logs, it's not fun in a car, but it's horrible on a motorcycle.
1: Who can we present that one to? Who, who has the jurisdiction over that? <laughs> tub, do you think?
0: I mean, yeah. I guess GDOT's a good place to start to ask them why. I mean, to me, a logging truck, it, it's completely open. They, I guess when they take those trees down, they're dropping them in with a huge crane. You, know, you couldn't have a boxy truck and then just put a cloth on top like a gravel truck, which, by the way, the, low, the covers on top of gravel trucks to me don't do any good. I've always feel like there's gravel that bounces off my yeah. car when you I'm behind it. You worried about him.
1: getting the windshield hit. But yeah, I've, I've never
0: heard that, Jack. What we're going to do is we know the DOT commissioner, Russell McMurray, really well and some of his associates. So we'll get that over to him and maybe get you a good answer, try to throw it back up here on Facebook. Another question here from Dawn Goodfriend, who is a – she comments and posts on, like, everything we do. We're so thankful for you, Don. But she wanted to know the turn lanes at Briarcliff at Shepherds Lane in front of the QT – Need to be redrawn. Accidents happen there way too often. So I'm trying to think about putting that in
1: your sector, Doug.
0: Yeah, that is in my sector. And I, I even wrote back to her. I said I, I I never even noticed that. Now Briarcliff at Shepherds Lane that that's not a QT there. Also, I, there's <laughs> there's a QT that's at Briarcliff and um and Northridge Hills. And then there's another gas station down where Shepherds Lane is not a QT. But I guess that's where you're talking about. I drive through there. It seems like about once a week. And I've never noticed that, but uh, that's something certainly we, we could pass on to some people in Cab County for sure, Don. So good good eye over there. There are too many crashes for sure, I think, in that Briarcliff-Nortrewood Hills area. People bonking into each other all the time. Real, real, There's not a lot of lanes either, and it's very heavily traveled. So another one for Traffic Trooper Snowman. He calls us a lot, and he comments a lot as well. He says, uh, why does APD sit in the road when the entire accident is on the shoulder? Hey, you live in Atlanta smiling. That's your jurisdiction.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's not, you know what? That's not just APD. In fact, I would say the guys in blue do a better job of getting off to the side than the guys in red. But there, uh, you know what, as much, and if I was sitting behind the wheel and I was behind a crash, maybe I'd feel differently. But when you're above this and you see what we see and we see the carnage involved, then you see the first responders, then you hear about first responders and hero drivers and and, uh, operators getting hit by vehicles. You know what? I'm okay with taking a lane away to protect that accident scene until they're wrapped and then move move it over. Um, You know, there are different thoughts about that, but I, I think having that buffer zone to avoid... And and listen, traffic coming toward those wrecks are, are usually slowed at a at a at a really small and and lower speed pace. But um, I'm not sure that uh, the police are as much of the offenders, quote unquote, than the the fire department. But <laughs> putting those big ladders, another discussion out there. we have in the helicopter yes, quite a bit, do. don't we? we had a, well, because or we a, have police, a, cop, a yeah. police officer is a pilot. he you think uh, there's a you think there's any kind of uh, competition between police and fire? Come fire with us, the, the, with the us red and sometime. the blue, yeah. and
0: and we're the white and caught in between, right? But what say. do you think, Doug? Yeah, I mean, I'm always of the opinion when it's something where it's rush hour, it's a rush hour direction, you need to open as many lanes as possible. It's tough to say. I mean, if if it's a situation where they need to do a lot of moving around inside and outside the vehicles and walking right on the line there, yeah, you need to have that right lane blocked. But with all the flashing lights, you're supposed to slow down, either slow down or do the move over law where you slow 10 miles below the speed limit or move a lane over. So, with the flashy lights there, that's effectively supposed to be like a lane blocked or a lane being slow, so that's that's what the purpose yeah. of them is. And then if you move those flashing lights out to the right lane, then there's people that might try to obey the move over law, and then it's like two right lanes are blocked. So I mean, but but you're absolutely right, Smiley. With as much distracted driving as there is, you could really almost block the whole interstate, and someone's still probably gonna.
1: There are a lot of memorable things we see in the helicopter, um, and uh, one of the more vivid ones are in the construction zones where there are no breakdown lanes. So you oh. imagine, Chris. A, A box truck going over on its side on the west side perimeter in Smyrna and a hero unit hooking that thing up and literally having to drag it from the Paces Ferry exit down to Atlanta Road because there's no there's no shoulder space there. That's yeah. what we've yeah. seen recently because of that construction yep. zone on the west side. That's uh, that's memorable and sticks in my my mind. And, and by the way, the the the, the road is still <laughs> still <laughs> damaged. <it>. They're going <laughs> to repave that, obviously, but you can still see where that truck was dragged down there. So, uh, and there are some spots where they don't have emergency lanes for them to uh, even tend to these wrecks.
0: Yeah, so that's that's a big challenge of theirs. Where do you balance safety and efficiency? And I think the police. Are very good about it the hero units are the biggest champions of it yes. and the fire department depending on the jurisdiction the fire department usually lags behind i mean just today there was a crash 400 south at abernathy they'd already cleared it out of the way and the fire truck was just blocking what the police had been blocking before but as soon as they cleared out of the way our our
1: pilot bob howdy goes there's that fire department again you know <laughs> so it's gonna be I guaranteed mean. but you know i've i've been um and what we do is not scripted, guys. So when a lot of this stuff comes out of our, uh, when we're talking, uh, we're doing these reports it's, it's top of the head. And I, I've literally said a few times, just reacting to what the hero units do. And Doug and you and you know Captain Herb was a big proponent. We 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 love the hero units. You know that's why there are heroes. And there was a there was a crash outbound of the uh, the West Freeway out of downtown Atlanta just before sunrise one morning. And those cars, I was literally watching this as a, a state trooper was trying to block a left lane. And everything behind him was coming to a screeching halt just in the nick of time until that hero yeah. unit started pacing traffic, got the got it off to the right. So, aptly named the heroes.
0: Yeah, no, they certainly are highway emergency response operators, but they're heroes in the lower case as well, certainly. And they and I just want to say all the time, by the way, but we're friends with a couple of hero drivers. They are giving us alerts quite often about things that don't make the news. Not every time that a hero unit gets you know swiped by a car bonked into does that make the news and there's been a lot of times especially at night where that's been happening lately someone will just drive right into the back of them and most always the driver is okay but you know just like we had with the passing of Moses King back in March you know it's that's not a given no and uh yeah. and and he of course was was hit head on or was hit directly by, by somebody not even while he was in his hero truck so that that's a really tough thing. Y'all need to be extra vigilant out there, just like we talked about in our last episode with not driving on the emergency lanes. When there is an emergency that's in lanes, y'all need to be extra careful about that and be extra mindful that there's other people that are not being mindful and, and try to help contribute to the solution and not the problem there. Uh, another thing I saw too, by the way, just a, another crazy crash I saw in the helicopter here before we sign off, is last Friday evening, you know, right as we're trying to wrap things up and get the weekend started, we're just pulling into Peachtree to Cab, and then on 85 North at Shambly Tucker, holy smokes, okay? Wow. there was At Northbound, there was like about five vehicles, and they had for over 30 minutes only the HOT lane open there, and so I think there was a lot of people, you know how Friday is, it starts wrapping up early, we're, the interstate started getting their act together, and on this one, it, it happened right when things were starting to clear up, and it jammed things up at, back quite a while. And it, it looked like in a chain reaction deal, several cars were just folded up. You and that's, know, and, and that's another reason. It <laughs> wasn't right. fast, to... either. You think about it, that's right where you hit the back door, so somebody just didn't slow down.
1: And another reason why you should... Uh... Always be listening to us, because we have really a great view, and the tools that we use, not only just the Skycopter, but we have a great view of the alternates to get you around. We try our best to say the last exit to, to yes. avoid the backup is this one, and then we'll get you around it. So... uh Make sure you stay with us 24-7 because you just never know with Atlanta Roadways. Right, Chris? Exactly. This is why you need to listen to News 95.5, AM 750,
2: WSB, WSBRadio.com, and download the WSB Radio app. I am telling you, this is a very important tool that you need to have. I'm telling you. I'll take it with me everywhere I go, even while I'm down in Orlando.
0: See, that's awesome. That's great. He he said everything that we we usually try to say. There at WSC Radio Twitter too. Uh, throw Twitter and there. Facebook, yeah, <laughs> that's it, man. And so Chris is always all over those. And so Chris, when you're when you're on that, what's some of the information that's most valuable to you when you're scouring social media for our radio station?
2: Well, the most important thing I'm looking for is uh, what's happening in the news, and of course the weather and the traffic, because uh, if I'm planning to come back up here, which I'm planning on coming in the fall during the football season, uh, you're going to need to know what's happening in the traffic because you don't want to run into tie that can slow you to a
0: crawl. And and you know, that's football season That means they're doing a lot of travel on Saturdays. The weekends are about to get really complicated here. Well, they've already gotten really complicated around town. So yeah. we've had that West Freeway construction. They're repaving all of I-20 pretty much the whole way from about Thornton Road to the downtown Connector. They've already got two of those lanes done, I think, on the westbound side, and they're they're just continuing on, and so they're blocking two lanes at a time, and it's really causing big tie-ups on the weekend. Smiling, I know you've been up and down that west side perimeter when we got to visit Karen Emery, right, and that uh, 285 around Atlanta Road, Paces Ferry. They're trying to re- realign things up there. They're rebuilding the Atlanta Road Bridge and no shoulders, two lanes blocked at a time.
1: <laughs> I caught Steve Winslow <laughs> on the weekend, and he sounds like he's doing morning or afternoon drive sometimes on a midday on Saturday.
0: Oh, it really does sound yeah. that way, too. And then they're about to start repaving. I think we talked about this last time, but the downtown connector. The downtown connector is about to get that oh. that repave you need about every six, seven, eight years to keep things fresh. Is and it so time, that, that time again? They're oh going to start digging it up. And so with, people, uh, with the 12 or so people that are still going to Turner Field <laughs> the, for the last season there, you know, should, should we do the opera singing? No, we won't. Okay. So, but anyway, that that's going to tie things up too. And you combine that with what's going on on I-20, that's just going to be a vortex of hate sure. <laughs> right there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention all the lane closures scattered about on 75 and 575, building the express lanes and on 75 in Henry County. So we got it all covered for you. Listen to us, not just during the week, but also in the overnight hours as well. Any parting shots, smiling? No.
1: Nope. Thanks for being out there, guys. And thanks
0: for depending on us yeah well thanks for being on atlanta's morning news this morning let yeah great job great job, great job man a- anything from you chris before we sign off here well once again thank you for
2: guys for having me and of course i uh, are expect after was under shower so stay glued to the radio
0: the the website and facebook and twitter and the wsb radio app depend on it there you go there you go well we'll be uh, locked in here in the next month or so a lot of vacations coming up but thanks for tuning in again to the Atlanta Traffic Podcast, the WSB Traffic Podcast here at WSBRadio.com. We'll hit you all soon. Thank
1: you. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401K, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement.